1: Vibes. Oh, bad, vibes. bad Vibes with Talia and Alexis. Welcome. Welcome back.
0: Have we ever recorded from home?
1: No, we've never done this virtually. I don't like it. I hate it, personally. I
0: hate this. We're on yeah. Riverside. All the podcasters will know.
1: They'll Riverside
0: know. Riverside is a digital podcasting feature oh and everybody just left the room Ugh, I feel so alone just you know
1: chatting and we're alone at home in our studio apartments (laughs) mine's like half
0: the size of yours but at least I get to (laughs) vape in here
1: yeah that would never be allowed in here
0: if I have to take a bathroom break because of my vaping I'm sorry
1: is that what vaping does to you you have to pee
0: oh yeah why do you think people have like a coffee and a cigarette in the morning it just flushes you out Sick? What? Like I I don't know how this works. Okay, nicotine, nicotine. I initially started juuling to help with my constipation. That's literally how I got. So you on
1: can it. Sh- you can shit from it. It helps you.
0: It really helps you. Oh. If I'm ever constipated, if I'm, I I don't like to leave the house without taking a shit each day.
1: Yeah, and that's a good put pl- a good way to do it.
0: I just have like I hit a vape. It all comes out, and then I can go about my day.
1: Oh my God. I did not know yeah. that because I've dealt with chronic constipation since I was like 14.
0: No, it's it'll help. I'm not trying to get you hooked on anything. But the re- the reason I got onto it was mm-hmm. I was once hanging out with my friend in a frat house and she offered me the vape. I was like, oh no, I don't really like – I'm not that into it. And But I had been complaining about how I was constipated. She's like, hit this once and you'll poo."
1: And no I hit way. It, it
0: pooped, and I was like, "Wait, that was kind of fun." <laughs> That's how I got onto it. Holy but, shit! Um, yeah, no, it like really, it'll
1: really flush you out. Who knew? I just like resorted. I, yeah. I had so I went to the gastro that guy like so many times, yeah. and then eventually, like, um, I just grew up and started walking a lot, drinking a lot of water, and having a coffee a ginger shot, and a green juice in the morning, and that's how I do it. Right. So you're doing it the expensive so and healthy way. Expensive, healthy way. But, you know, yeah, that I might that have to – It's your brand. Certainly Something not it's expensive. Mine. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: But I once did a uh, recording on Riverside. Like I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. Mm-hmm. And I hit my vape before I sat down to record without thinking about this is gonna make me have to shit, and the entire time I was like dying. I needed to go to the bathroom so bad, but I was too embarrassed. So no,
1: wait, yeah, it works that but, um, fast. Yeah, be careful!
0: It works that fast. Like, I'm like it's my really, mind is
1: blown yeah. right now.
0: It'll it'll just empty you out like a faucet, baby.
1: Not a faucet.
0: The other problem with Riverside is that it's like Zoom, and now I can't stop looking at myself.
1: Oh, I'm I'm staring at myself.
0: Yeah, of course. I it's I saw this great tweet. It was like, I am Narcissus, and my Zoom Square is my (laughs) my reflecting pool.
1: (laughs) Literally, because I'm on it twenty four seven. Like the Zoom Square, um, it's I mostly used Google Meet, but the Zoom Square specifically made me get Botox because (laughs) I like every time I looked, like I realized how asymmetrical my face was. By staring at myself in that little screen, like it absolutely has detrimental effects and I hate really? it.
0: But uh, I yeah, think I like look so pretty.
1: <clears throat> no, that's the thing I is I'm like, I'm definitely I, I look so good. I know. But like most of the time I'm like, I'm the prettiest person here. But then I'm like, well, maybe my hairline could use some work. So that's really how it goes for me on a daily basis.
0: Really? No, this just I love like a, any sort of selfie thing that flips my face like inverts it. Mm. I think I look so good.
1: Always. You definitely do. Thanks, babe. Thank you.
0: What's going on with you? What's up? How's your COVID? Oh, by the way. Okay. So the reason we're recording remotely today is because everybody has COVID except for this girl. Except for me. Except for you.
1: Yeah. I Mm. have yet to
0: test positive ever for COVID. I'm invincible. Ever? I've never. I'm sure I've had it. I'm sure I've had it. But the time that I was positive I had it was before we had access to tests. Back in Mm. March 2020. And ever since, I've never felt symptoms for COVID and then tested positive. Mm. Um, And right now, I haven't seen you in the time frame that you have been positive. So I didn't Mm -mm. get a test, which is maybe a little irresponsible of me, but I'm going home tomorrow. And I don't – I just have – I refuse to test positive before I get on this plane. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not checking.
1: No, literally don't. Because like – so I had it. So, I started feeling sick on Monday and I tested Mm -hmm. on Monday and I was negative. So, I went about my week. I felt like shit. I had um, my team offsite. So, my whole team flew in. I planned a two day event for us. Like, it was all me, like, it was all my work. So, I didn't want to miss it. So, I was glad I was negative. But every Mm -hmm. single day, I would wake up, pop. My Adderall, my allergy medication, two Advils, and some sinus medication, and go to the office, work, get drunk, and come home. Like That was my week last week. It was awful. And then on Friday- Sounds like me in college. Right? And then on Friday, someone on my team tested positive, and I was like, fuck. And I tested, and I was positive. But I've had symptoms for over five days. So once I test negative, I'm good to go. My issue is I leave for Coachella- thursday and if i don't test negative that like i'm actually gonna cry but my doctor told me that i probably will test positive for like six weeks and she gave me like a note that's like i'm not infectious anymore so i really like i'm letting it go everyone
0: who's going to a large scale event this might be a very hot take but fuck it Mm. aren't vaccinations
1: required at Coachella? No, listen, that's why I'm whoa, 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 sick whoa, about it. What? No vaccinations, oh, no masks, shit. nothing. So I was like, you're asking. So I'm glad I have it now. So now my antibodies are up. Okay, okay. Then everyone there, your antibodies are
0: up, but everybody there is prepared to get COVID, okay? Everyone's mm-hmm. going. Who You're not going to see anybody there with a terrible chronic illness that's going to kill them if they get covid Everyone there should be vaccinated. And if you're not, but you're putting yourself in that situation, in my opinion, you're asking to get ill. Like, yeah. if you're not vaccinated and you're attending Coachella, that is your choice at this point. The whole world cannot change their lives to accommodate you. So that's on you. That is my belief. Okay. If I you're mean, vaccinated, you've done your time. You did it. So keep living I your agree. life, girl. That's what I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't think it matters.
1: I'm triple vaxxed. I've had, I had it in December and now I have it again. And I'm I'm very like annoyed that I have it. 100%. But it's like, it's not even Coachella that's making us get tested. It's my job. My job makes us test every day that we're there for safety. I cannot believe
0: Coachella is not mandating. Well, that makes sense. I couldn't believe
1: it either. I mean, I did, it's in accordance with local guidelines. So like the city of Palm Springs or whatever doesn't have any COVID guidelines. So that makes sense. Like, that they're doing it that way, although it's like very irresponsible. Um, at the end of the day, like like you said, everyone has their own risk that they're preparing for. Right. But yeah, well, I am. So whatever. I'm. If you catch me, I, y'all are gonna see me at Coachella. I'm not giving up. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So
0: I'm bummed to miss you at Coachella, but you're gonna have so much fun.
1: I am bummed too because I got I like need a plus one to go to the Revolve thing. And I,
0: I was going to be my other friends plus one. I'm now – I, like,
1: don't know what to do. Leaving
0: two people alone at Revolve.
1: I, like, don't – I cannot walk into the fucking skinny bitch conference of the year alone. Like, <laughs> I need somebody with me. Like, I – and I'm sorry. going with work, so I don't want to – I don't know if I really want to bring the work people, you know, because – Should like, I
0: drive down just for the Revolve Fest?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I'll get you a wristband <laughs> because I'm so scared to go in there. Because like I'm only get I only got an invite because I'm already gonna be there. I didn't get an invite because I'm like Revolve's bestie, you know?
0: Right, right. You're no, you're not Remy Bader. I'm not. <laughs>
1: I'm not Remy Bader. Although, right. you know, it's like she's the only person above a size two that You'll they see like. Her. So. She'll be
0: fine. Go right up to her. She'll talk to you. Do you think so? She seems. Ext- I've never met her in person, but we have a lot of mutual friends, and I this she seems great.
1: Okay, good. I'm scared. I'm just scared of everyone. I just can't go alone. So, I'm going to text my 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 bachelor friend. You'll have fun.
0: You'll have a good time. Do you want to know what was officially the nail in the coffin with me not going to Coachella?
1: Yeah, I would like to. I Okay, I was
0: planning on it for the longest time. My – I'm going to get this free ticket. It's going to be great. And then my friends are – their job is to deal with the accommodations. I have party planner friends, trip planner friends. They love doing this shit. So they are planning it, but then it gets to like – I'm not that committed at one point. Like I'm just sort of like, okay, if it happens, it happens. I'm starting to realize how many influencers are going. And this is a specific community that I'm like – I'm kind of up to here with them at this point of the year. Like I've been to so many influencer events in the past couple of months that I'm kind of like, I would like a little distance from this crowd. I don't know if I want to be, I don't want to spend an entire weekend, like at a giant influencer event. I want to just go with my friends and I didn't want to be there as an influencer. And I also, this sounds really fucking annoying, but like, sue me, this is my life now. The whole place is going to be packed with like 18 to 23 year old girls. This is my target audience. It's like when I walk around the East Village, which is a square (laughs) mile full of 18 to 23-year-old girls, I just don't want to have to talk to all these people. I don't want to be, like, seen. Yeah. And I don't – but so that was one reason. So I was already sort of, like, mentally, like, I don't know. It's only going to happen if my friends make this a very easy thing for me and they book this room and it's no skin off my back. It gets to, like, March 30th and I haven't heard anything from my friends I go to their poker night. Nobody's talking about it. We're sort of like iffy. Nobody's booked anything. I just assume the thing is in 10 days or something. We're not going to go. Like, okay, yeah. fine. We've dropped the plan. Nobody said anything. We're not going. So I tell my mom I'm going to be at Passover. She tells my aunt. She tells all all, all our different Passover plans because Passover is a multiple day couple seders. Yeah. So we tell everybody Talia is going to be at the Passover seders. Then my friend's contact me and are like, hey, we're doing it last minute. We booked a place. I go, I don't think I can go anymore. I'm sorry. And here's why I refuse to miss Passover now. Okay. I want to be on drugs at Coachella if I go. (laughs) I want to take Molly. And what happens with Molly is that if I'm not in a perfectly clear headspace and my mentality is not perfect, I'm not guilty about anything. Like if, if anything is weighing on me at all, I will, the Molly will enhance that feeling and I will dig myself into a hole. Mm. I recently lost a family member. This will be our first Passover without her. Mm -hmm. If I miss Passover after telling them that I'm going and I go to Coachella and take Molly, knowing that I feel guilty that my cousin who passed is disappointed in me that I didn't show up to our family event after she passed... I will have a panic attack. It sounds like you already
1: had the panic attack is what I'm hearing. (laughs) You didn't need the Molly to give it to you because you clearly are spiraling.
0: I'm fine. I'm fine. I just know that if I were to take Molly with this little thought in my head of uh, my aunt, everyone in my family would be like, no, it's fine. Go enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. It's okay. We'll see you when you get back. I would feel like, no, she's disappointed in me. Everyone's Mm -hmm. mad at me. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a year that I needed to be there and I wasn't, and then I would give myself a panic attack. Therefore, that is the reason I cannot go to Coachella. Maybe weekend okay. two. Maybe weekend two. Well, is that even we'll like a thing? Weekend two. Yes, oh, is that even like a thing? Weekend two.
1: Is that I'm saying I'm people go? I'm talking like as if like I'm not literally being flued out by my job. I have like that. <laughs> I'm like being so fucking spoiled right now. Because I like have the highest possible pass and I'm over here like I can never do Coachella like Weekend 2 like you like poor people. like what I'm being a bitch. <laughs> weekend 2
0: is for um, the, the artists are a little tired. Everyone's a little tired, but it is a little bit mellower, I think. Um, I don't know. It doesn't
1: matter. Whatever. You're going to have if so you like fun. If you like really like music, then Weekend 2. Makes sense. Like, I don't really care about music to a point where I'm like gonna stand outside in the desert for three days.
0: Well, you're it. not gonna have to stand. Did you get VIP?
1: Well, I'm not gonna have to stand, but like people who go weekend two probably wouldn't. But no, I'm. which I, kind of I, we pass have, did you get? I have a working pass, so I have like what backstage V. So I have Ooh. VIP access, backstage, artist lounge, safari camp, all of it. Ooh! One time, I got.
0: An artist pass, and I snuck into like the trailer area. Like I didn't sneak; I was allowed, but I was like trying to blend in. And I walked. I saw a trailer that said "Lord" on the front of it, so I walked into it just to peek my head in. And Lord was in there, and she was like, "What <laughs> the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> she was like, "Who the hell is this straggler?" Yeah, oh my I was god! Like, I'm sorry. I was like, wrong you. trailer, wrong trailer. She was like <gasps> mad, but she was like, "Um, hello." <laughs> There Wrong was like a whole trailer. There. It says my fucking name on I, the door. I don't know what I was thinking. Like her name was right there. The light was on. I was just like, maybe she went to the bathroom, and I can like peek.
1: You're on. You were on <laughs> Molly. That's what you were thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was
0: but um, yeah, I'm jealous. You're gonna have the best time. Maybe I'll see you guys weekend too. See y'all, Coachella goers.
1: Yeah, pull up.
2: Selling a little or a lot.
1: So obviously, this week we like had required return to office, like the first time where like we actually had to go. Like the rest, the last six months, it's been optional. And I feel like I'm. It's my first time. I'm like actually being an adult because everything else has been like virtual or weird or whatever. Right. And I have all this anxiety because like the social norms of like corporate tech office culture are so fucking weird like i didn't think we were gonna get drunk three nights in a row on mm-hmm. weeknights but guess that's what we're doing yeah you're expected at the office at 7 a.m tomorrow but like mm, let's have another drink like and then i feel like all this anxiety like i'm oversharing and then everybody hates me and i just like can't do it like it's such a fucking we i feel burnt out socially just from like talking to my fucking co-workers and trying to make them think that i'm like Responsible.
0: But you feel like you overshared? You were yeah. you probably do a good job of being responsible.
1: I try, but like I don't know the level of which to share with them, you know? Right, right. No, because it feels so
0: professional in the morning, but so
1: you know, business
0: in the morning, party at night, I guess. Exactly. It.
1: So I don't I feel like if you going back back to the office. I understand. Yeah. I know, but the girls will understand.
0: The girls, the girls who work corporate will get it. Exactly. I feel a serious issue recently with my oversharing as well. I start <sighs> I've started to worry about like <laughs> I know my entire like job depends on me sharing my personal life, but sometimes I forget that people I know listen to the podcast, watch my TikToks, like I feel like I'm just talking to strangers. When I do this podcast, I feel like I'm just talking to you. I know I me too. I forget that anybody's listening. Which I guess is why I think people find it entertaining and relaxing. But I – then I get like a call from somebody who's – okay. I I didn't realize I was sharing a very serious medical issue on the podcast last week.
1: My mother was texting me live being like, maybe it's her gallbladder.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) So many people reached out because I I told you I didn't. I wasn't fucking annoying and I didn't post – my hospital bracelet. So a lot of people didn't know I was in the hospital. But it was actually kind of flattering because did you know three men that I was once involved with, exes, whatever you want to call them, did reach out to me saying they listened to the podcast and they wanted to make sure I was okay, which is very serious. But I just forget like that I people I know are hearing these stories and I I wish that I was mysterious. I wish that I was one of those girls like where you didn't know everything about me. Yeah, like Dumois. Mm-hmm. I wish like my whole personal life and everything about me was not public sometimes because that would make me so much hotter and mysterious. But I can't shut the fuck up. That's so exactly I have no how I mystery. felt at work.
1: <laughs> exactly. I have
0: no mystery. Ugh, I know. It's so annoying.
1: That's how Wouldn't I Wouldn't it be at so work. much hotter if people didn't know all about me? Exactly. They think you're so cool. Like you just show up, you look cool, you do your right. job, and I'm over here being like, Yeah, here's what I'm right. dealing with. Ever heard You're of it? supposed
0: to let the boys wonder a little bit. I know. And every boy who ever goes on a date with me can just hop online and figure out every single aspect of my existence, why I am the way that I am. It would take them an hour to figure out everything about me. It's so embarrassing.
1: I've thought of this like their creators monetize different things and I think we monetize our vulnerability and our honesty and like other people monetize being pretty or you know right. I don't know being funny but like. Thank you for
0: not saying that I monetize being funny. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I, was I was getting to <laughs> the point.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> no I I feel like I wish I was just monetizing being pretty and having a good fashion sense but then I'm like here's how I feel about my eating disorder this week. Like, no one needed to hear that, you know? And you're over here talking about your health issues. And you went public with the abortion story
0: I saw. I did. That was a big deal this week is I went public with my abortion. Now everybody thinks I'm like some activist. I just like – but here's the thing. I want to clarify this and how I feel about my abortion – But the more I talk about my abortion, the more riled up people get about like, yeah, the abortion. Like, I don't want this to be a part of my identity. I totally respect and love people who do either get an abortion or they don't, but they're really passionate about women's right to choose and they make that a part of who they are. I do not want that. I don't think that it's my burden to carry to dedicate my life now to making sure people have access to abortion. Of course, like as a person whose life was literally saved by the fact that I got an abortion, the reason why I'm standing here right now, like with my career and the life that I have is because I did that. I It breaks my heart to watch what's happening and to watch Roe v. Wade. It's going to be overturned. 26 states are going to lose abortion, blah, blah, blah. I could go on. Of course, it hurts me. And it, of course, I feel passionate about this. But like, also, just because I got an abortion, like, I don't think I need to dedicate my life to making sure that others get their abortions. I think that I can still pursue, like, my career being a comedian and doing all this stuff and not be, like, first and foremost an abortion advocate. Um, that being said, okay, so I shared my abortion story, not because I want to be an activist, not because I'm advocating, but because it's fucking funny and <laughs> I want to be a comedian. <laughs> and I think my abortion is funny, okay? And everyone's like, wow. Wow you are so brave. Thank you for sharing. That must have been so traumatic for you. I know you're like making light of it to cope, but I understand how this must have been so hard. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not making light of it to cope. It literally was so simple and so funny. And there was no coping necessary. It was not a traumatic event for me. The Um, girls are projecting. (laughs) They're really projecting. Like I, it really was the same as if like, I got chlamydia and went in and took a pill and got rid of it. Like, Mm. it really did not. It was not a decision. As soon as I missed my period, I was like, well.
1: I really hope none of my family members are listening to this.
0: Well, don't make a comment. Don't reveal your opinion on it. This is me. This is not Alexis. This is me. I got the abortion. I do not speak for Alexis. However, I do speak for one in four women who will have one. Anyway, (laughs) enough with the preaching. Um, but yeah, no. So so people are making a big deal of the fact that I announced my abortion, which I didn't think was going to be a big deal.
1: You had to know so, it's going to be a big deal. but Or it shouldn't have been because one in four women. But also, that's probably why you're feeling uncomfortable with the oversharing right now.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I just think that like, look, people think that it's such – like, it almost annoys me because people have the best intentions in telling me like, oh, it was so brave of you to say that. I just think that like – it's such a common thing. Every time I've ever mentioned it, three or four girls will chime in and be like, oh my God, I had one too, but I feel like I shouldn't talk about it. Like I never say it because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody else who's had one. You know people who've had one. Yeah, There's of a 20% chance your mother's had one. You know people who have had one. There, In every single person's life, there is another person or more who's had one. So I really do think that this would not be such a political issue if we – destigmatized it and removed the taboo around it and just made it like what it is, which is a medical procedure that many people get, which is why I think that it's very important that I make it so I nonchalantly talk about it. But people then are like, oh, but what if I people aren't always comfortable talking about their abortion? I'm like, I never told you to talk about your fucking abortion. I am able to talk about it because I am not traumatized by it. It was not an emotional event in my life. I had no emotional connection to it. And I assign no importance to it. So I can talk about it. But people, mm-hmm. ugh, they make it such a big deal. It's just so not.
1: As I said, the girls are projecting. They have all their thoughts. I just feel like I would love if I could just go, you know, the rest of my life without hearing another political take on abortion. Like, uh, let's just be like, mm, you got it or you didn't. Let's go. All right. Moving let's on. Let's move
0: on. I wish that were the case. But unfortunately, like, And I wish – it's so fucked up of me to say because, like, somebody's got to fight this fight. Like, it is a serious issue and, like, we need to talk about it. But I never signed up to be that person. And I don't know why people are, like, assigning
1: that to me. Like, just because I talked about it. Yeah. I think that's a healthy way to think about it. Yeah. I think it's a healthy – it's, like, I feel like there's – This is completely different. But like when you're a black influencer and you're like, oh, this racism is happening, people Mm -hmm. then like they start calling me an activist, as in it. Like they say, like adding that to my title. I'm like, I'm not an activist, like by any means whatsoever. Like I, there's people who do that work and I'm not going to take that away from them. But like just because I said, I didn't like, I experienced racism and it was not fun. Doesn't mean I'm all of a sudden an activist. And I think people want to be seen as activists a lot of times. So they think it's a compliment. But like, I don't want to take on that work because I know that I don't have the bandwidth or the strengths for it. And that's what you need to do. Um, But I think – I still think you're contributing to the conversation in a meaningful way without calling yourself an an activist just by talking about it casually.
0: Thank you. That was kind of the point is like I'm just going to work this in because it's easy for me to talk about. So I think that casually talking about it is like a huge step towards fixing the problem. But yeah. So anyway, if you're hearing this. You can save the DMs about, you know, you're so brave or you can stop sending me statistics about how, no, it really is a baby and it has a heartbeat and it has feelings and senses. I'm not trying to argue with you. I really don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck. You can't reverse it now. Yeah, there's nothing I can do. Um, If you think it was a baby, good. Go say a Mourner's Cottage for it and put a little (laughs) memorial in front of my apartment. I don't know what you want me to say, but if you don't think it was a baby, then –
1: to your happy place for a happy
2: price go to your happy price price line
0: okay so are you not
1: celebrating easter with your family no i'm not because i'm going to coachella but but (laughs) how many times can i say it how many times can i say it this week um no but My family's pretty religious, like pretty Christian. Um, I – like people ask like which denomination, like evangelical, Baptist, whatever. And my grandmother is very particular about it. She's like, we are just Christian. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with God. And so we're evangelical. Um, No, (laughs) like she is – it's a situation. But anyway – um, my whole all my great grandparents, everyone before everyone's a pastor, everyone does all that, you know preaching, etc, including my uh, my great uncle who was Jim Jones's first deacon. No um, way. Can you believe it? Yeah, I humiliating. went
0: to a writing camp in um, 11th grade and I had to write a book, a true crime book the whole a summer. Book? that was my assignment. Yeah, and I wrote a book about Jim Jones, so I know everything about Jim Jones.
1: No fucking way! <laughs> I'll send yeah. it to you. You don't want to read my I, book? No, I literally had to write. I had to do a presentation about him for like a ethics and leadership class in college, mm-hmm. and then that. And then I went home that quarter for Christmas, and my grandma's cousin was there, and she was telling us like. Yeah, like I grew up in the cult. Like we left right before (gasps) they went to Guyana or Guyana, whatever. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And then that's when all my family's deep rooted like religious trauma started coming out, Mm. and I was shocked because it was really bad. Like it was like really fucking bad. The firsthand account of it, and so that's why like they live in Redwood City and they still they're still out there. It's just like really scary.
0: Wow, I bet your family doesn't drink Kool Aid much, huh? <laughs> you're not a
1: kool-aid fam. well the black people we <laughs> kept that part of our culture but the, the rest of them i wouldn't say so yeah that is Pure was so chaos. funny so yeah everyone was um, sorry, super it's religious not funny. it's not funny but <laughs> rest in peace rest in peace but um, it's funny
0: like my abortion is funny yeah
1: <laughs> And then, so I'm not going home for Easter, but it's um I do feel bad about that. My mom is doing Instagram story polls on what color my siblings should wear to church on Easter. I know Easter. I've been voting. If you'd like to go vote, <laughs> please follow her at STL Supermom
0: I've been voting. <laughs> um, I think the dresses all look so cute.
1: I'm you know, loving this
0: color scheme for this year.
1: I mean, she sent the me twins a six-minute glam. You know. She sent me a six minute voice memo about how busy she is with it. So
0: <laughs> Okay, I love I'm so voice memo gang. Same. And people hate it. Nobody wants to listen. Some people love my voice memos. I think they're hysterical and adorable. One time I, I sent a them. voice memo to somebody in a moment of like panic, I really needed help to a person who is paid to help me and they go, text me the problem. I'm not listening to the voice memo. What?
1: what the fuck? No. So fucked up. No because Isn't a voice memo. Me- voice memos are perfect because one bitches don't like to text. I'm bitches. Mm-hmm. You uh, you people like you don't like to FaceTime. Hate yep. that. So just merge them, just talk and then like they'll listen to it. Everyone has headphones right. on all the time. Like honestly, it's a vibe. I love a voice. It's like a, like a little
0: message. mini podcast for you. Truly. Designed
1: specifically for you by me.
0: And I practice voice memo etiquette. I try to keep them under a minute. But they're funny. I make them entertaining. I do little accents sometimes. Sometimes I open them up with little intro music.
1: (laughs) Gotta have a good hook.
0: (laughs) I saw this great DM. Somebody started with intro music, like turned it down slowly and was like, hey, Talia, how you doing? (laughs) Oh, God. That's so funny. So funny. Okay. But anyway, anyway. Okay, so do you do you have Easter traditions that you would do? Do you like dye the eggs and stuff?
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. We did it all. We would have first of all, <laughs> you got to get Easter dresses. So it's a whole look. Everybody matches. Um, you do lavender, maybe you do another pastel. If you could get the cousins to match, that could be an even better situation. Like we did it all. <laughs> Then we moved on to um, – we would have like a dinner, Easter dinner. But like when you say dinner, then it's like 2 p.m., you know, like stupid Thanksgiving right. time. And then we would dye the eggs all the time. We would also have an Easter egg hunt. And my grandma yeah. Stephanie, my God rest her soul, at her house, she was out here giving in those Easter eggs. She would put <laughs> hella money in there. Then we would get lots of candy, like – uh, me and my cousin, we would just run around and like when we, well, like basically, you would win like a much bigger prize if you found mm-hmm. the most eggs. Like we were out here plotting. Like Easter was incredible. Um, I think that was my favorite before my grandma passed away. And then when she passed away, like it was, we were nobody was doing it like that anymore. So like. Right. Otherwise, like my family traditions, like my mom's obsessed with Christmas and then like Thanksgiving is the main holiday I go home for. But like, right. what's it like when you're Jewish? You don't have Christmas. Well, we and have it's your our own
0: version. Are we talking about Christmas or Easter?
1: I don't know. I, you have all the holidays. Tell me about your holidays. Mine are mainstream. Well, obviously we don't have Christmas. Okay, here's the
0: thing. My parents do think that a lot of – um Christian holidays are super cute. They like the tradition behind them. Mm-hmm. So we did Santa. We didn't have a tree. They just liked the idea of me waking up to like a present. My dad had a lot of fun with it. I think it was – I don't know where this started because they easily just could have not done Santa for me and it would have made perfect sense. But for as long as I can remember, they would do Santa. They'd make a whole thing out of it. And I think it's because my dad really enjoyed putting together the um, the scene. Like he'd mm-hmm. make it like a crime scene. We didn't have a tree. That's where they drew the line. There was no tree. But Interesting. the presents would appear in the fireplace. And my dad would – okay, they may, we we went to go sit on Santa's lap. I got to sit on Santa's lap at the mall. And they would, of course, film – they would send my parents the footage of me saying what I wanted. I always asked for the weirdest shit too. I was like an adult since I was a baby. I was asking – I really wanted this hat that I saw in the window of Banana Republic. I remember I saw that and I was obsessed Ma'am. with this hat. <laughs> I was a fedora. I was an adult from a young age, but anyway, I never asked for, like, toys. It was always, like, this hat from J. Crew. But anyway, <laughs> they would hear what I wanted, and then they would make this, like, my dad would, like, flip over some chairs in the living room, and he'd – I'd leave cookies and stuff, and he'd leave the crumbs and make, like, a bite mark in it. Yeah. And he'd do, like – oh, I think he had a lot of fun with it. He would write – he would type up a note from Santa, and he'd put, like, clip art, from Santa. <laughs> and it was really great. And then I remember one time I did ask for some sort of toy, but they were out of stock. And Santa said that the elves couldn't make that toy, but they were going to give it to me at my half birthday. <laughs> so oh my God. a note for that. But yeah, no. So we did Santa and we also did, I had, um, we have these family friends. I call them our Grateful Dead friends because my dad's like my, my dad is into the Grateful Dead and he has a whole group of friends who are also into the Grateful Dead and they Cute. all have kids who are my age. So they're just like my dad's hippie friends. And a couple of them are not Jewish, I think. So they do Easter. So we do an Easter egg hunt. But the Jewish version of the Easter egg hunt is you look for the Komen. Do you know what the, the- Komen is? No, ma'am. I'm going to tell you right now. The afikomen is a piece of matzah that you've wrapped in a napkin. And during matzah. the seder, which is a very long, very boring dinner, depending on how religious you are, we do a slightly abbreviated one. But you have the seder where they tell the story of Passover and these, all these traditions. And in the middle of the seder, somebody goes and hides the afikomen somewhere in the house. And then there's a point where all the kids get to go and look for the afikomen. And you get money if you find it. Um, I
1: never Do you think they just made money. that because, like, the Christians were doing an Easter egg hunt? Or is this, like, an ancient tradition?
0: I don't know. The Jews are going to come for me for this. But I don't remember. There is significance to hide in the Afikomen. I don't know what it is. Um, I think it's just I trust fun for that. the kids. And, like, it gets the kids away from the table. This thing is so boring. You have to break it up <laughs> with something. There's like three fun things in the entire seder. There's the part where you like you have to dip your pinky in some wine and you get to like make a little art piece on your plate. Ooh, and there, but you have this food is sitting in front of you. You can't eat anything. It's just fucking torture. And you
1: fasted, right?
0: No, you you don't eat any leavened
1: bread. I believe you
0: can't. Oh, yeah, no yeast. I just call it like it's my like little free. I don't eat carbs, and that's like my like okay. I have to be on this diet because I'm not. I just don't, right. really don't eat any carbs, but um. Yeah, we don't take it very seriously. A lot of people like remove all of that, all the bread from the household.
1: Were you we just do doing this with your family? Like who's, who is present at, when you say a family gathering?
0: Okay. Well, okay. It's kind of interesting. So we have our Seder that we do at my cousin's place. They're all Jewish. Like that's like our blood. So that's like very. that's like our actual family. My mom likes to host a multicultural Seder. So, she, she likes introducing people to our culture.
1: She's obsessed. my mom. Does we that? Like, my mom makes the kids really? do Hanukkah. My mom literally makes the kids do Hanukkah. <laughs> like she gets the candles. She gets dreidels. Like she, they know the song. Like we do Hanukkah. <laughs> like, she wants there them to be <laughs> in your in your family. No, like I do. I, we don't know anyone Jewish. Like I at all like at
0: all. That's my mom great. No but that's very important. She's destigmatizing. I feel like, I feel the like Jews. we're
1: like bordering on cultural appropriation when I no, see my siblings no, no, no. in the dreads.
0: This is cultural education. They're allowed okay. to celebrate but they have to know what they're celebrating. That's the tea. Mm-hmm. So, my mom This isn't quite the same. It's she invites people to enjoy our culture, not a culture that we just like learned about online. <laughs> but we- <laughs> She does a Passover seder specifically for people who are not blood related to us. So she invites over. She has. She wrote a book. She has th- this friend that she wrote a book with named Lafonda. She's black, and Lafonda bring is bringing her boyfriend. So there's two black people at our Seder who are not Jewish and they love to come and learn and they enjoy the Seder a lot. We make them read. Like you have to go around the table and everyone gets like paragraphs that they're assigned to read. And LaFonda loves to do her part. No, no, no. She reads the story in English, but LaFonda gets into it and she loves reading her part of the Seder. And she often, sometimes she'll bring other friends too. So they come and enjoy. And then she's, she invited, I think, my one a couple of moms from my high school that she's still friends with, all of whom are like not Jewish. Couple are Asian. Like they completely just have no relation. I have no idea what the deal is, um, but it's a multicultural safe
1: She sounds so, like a white woman who yeah, lives in who lives in LA. It's a te-
0: <laughs> it's a teaching moment though. She, it's, it's everyone obviously is happy to be there. Like it's not forced upon anybody. They all want to come, but it's, um, it just, it didn't start as like, my mom is going to teach the people how mm-hmm. to do Passover. It was more, I think one day, I guess Lafonda was like, what are you doing tonight? she's like, we're doing this. You should come. And then it I became love that. like the Seder that we bring people to who are specifically not Jewish. Um, but that's going to be fun. So that's what we're doing.
1: I'm and, honestly jealous. Yeah. I'd like to go.
0: You should. Are you going to be in LA? You should come. Well, what day is
1: Passover?
0: I'm. Let me look at my mom's text right now. Let, let's read the text that she sent me. She, where she broke down all of the satyrs.
1: I am going to be uh, in LA, but probably will be to driving to Palm Springs. But I enjoy that thoroughly. Let's <laughs> this. This text. Okay. So she goes – any particular foods
0: to have in the house for Talushka? That's me. I'm Talushka. Mm. I said I would love it if you made brisket at some point, whatever. She goes, okay, brisket for Pesach, death, as well as chicken soup matzo balls. We are doing Black Jew Asian dinner on, on Sunday. <laughs> Seder on Sunday. <laughs> Black Jew Asian. Cheryl Lee, Cheryl Lee is coming. That's my friends from high school's mom. Um, Sean Fonda and her guy Glenn along with us that's LaFonda's boyfriend Felicia and Don. those are our two Jewish white friends so it's going to be very mixed
1: <laughs> I'm obsessed with this it's going to be great so that's going to be on um, maybe she should fly in and help my mom with Hanukkah since we're <laughs> celebrating it would
0: be her dream trust me um, I'm pretty sure that's like Saturday
1: night Tough if you're I wish in I could go. Yeah, I'll be I'll be babysitting people.
0: Right, right. So, you're going to have cannot. so much fun. But okay, Lizzie. but do you enjoy being with your family, your extended <gasps> family? Um
1: uh it's a good question. <laughs> a great question even. Um however, <laughs> the answer is very complicated. Uh I think as an adult, I have figured out my threshold for being with my extended family and I sort of tap out at three hours with my extended family. Um, And then when it comes to my like personal, like my siblings and my parents, they could get like one or two days and then I got to go, you know, because like it's too much. Like, and I think that I, I don't, I used to think my situation was very unique that like I was the only one in the world who had a tumultuous relationship with their parents and siblings and aunts and uncles and grandparents. Right. But I'm pretty sure it's actually everybody because there's a reason like we don't go home that often as human beings. But like, right. yeah, I just have, it's really hard, especially if you're an oldest sibling, because you feel responsible for everything happening and like you fall into that trap a lot. So for me, it Mm -hmm. just feels like a lot of overwhelm at all times. And I'm also the only oldest grandchild. And also my family's mixed. So there's a lot of differing opinions happening at all times. So it's a very chaotic environment. So do I enjoy it? For up to a very, very small point. Yes.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Otherwise...
1: they piss me I have off. The
0: opposite experience, but they still piss me off. It's not like <laughs> I necessarily enjoy it. I just I'm completely opposite. Mm. I'm always the youngest person in the room.
1: Mm. Always, like
0: it's I. I mean, I don't have any um, extended family on the West Coast except for my second cousins, who I consider my first cousins, and they are like best friends. Like there's that is the best relationship. One of the the most important people in my life. But um, when we typically like we have like sort of a separate dinner with them. And then I like don't – I don't know. We have like these like the multicultural Seder, for example. I'm always the youngest person in the room. I'm an only child. There's never any other kids. And Mm. on the one hand, it used to be super fun for me because people just thought I was like so fun to talk to and entertaining. And like I would naturally take up the attention because I'm the kid. So like – when I'm like in high school, they everybody's asking like, "Where's she gonna go to college? What's going on in school?" Like, I had so much fun, to, like shit, to talk about. But now it's like work, and yeah. I don't know what they're gonna be asking me. Like, did I do my taxes yet? I don't know, like stuff like that. It's not as fun anymore. And do you ever get like, like pressure? Passover, it's not fun. Sorry.
1: Yeah. You of you ever, course. Like, what's your, what is your like most annoying question that people ask you?
0: I mean, now it's gonna be like, tell us about this whole. Yeah, career path you've chosen
1: because nobody's going to get it, and you're going to have to like explain everything.
0: But also, I mean, I don't know. I'm Jewish, so everyone's asking, "Do I have a boyfriend? Do I have a husband? Like, what's the deal with that?" But um, I, I just, I'm very lucky because I was, I do not have any Republicans in my family. Um, I was not. Imagine that! Isn't that a blessing? I was not raised with any differing of opinions. Of course, there were, like, I guess, tiffs sometimes at the dinner table, but it was about, like, how Democrat can you go? (laughs) Like, it was, like, the (laughs) socialists versus the Democrats in my Thanksgiving dinners. It was never, like, somebody came to the table and was literally voting for Trump, and that was, like, the drama of the night. We never had that problem. Um, I do – yeah, I feel pressure in the sense that, like, I feel like I need to – I don't know, entertain. Like I need to be – since I'm the young one, I need to bring something to the table. Um, But sometimes I just like I wish there were more – this is the first year of my life that I've ever wished for a sibling, which I've talked about on this podcast before. I just feel lonely sometimes. Um, But that's the the tea. And also Mm -hmm. my whole life – there's a part of the Passover Seder – where the youngest person in the room has to read these questions, okay? Now, I've never been one to shy away from the spotlight. I'm okay with public speaking. I love to do the questions. In fact, I love to put a twist on the questions, do them in a little accent, something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But god damn, like for once in my life, I'd like to not read the fucking questions. Like there is never
1: a person younger than me. Well, maybe if you didn't get that abortion. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh I'm so God. sorry, but she, it was like also
0: <laughs> the reason that my family could be so annoying is that they are so like they're so progressive. Everyone we know is so progressive. Therefore, they don't judge my career path. They're very excited about it. So they listen to the podcast. Ooh. Everyone watches my TikTok and my family, and sometimes I wish it were the opposite where they just dis- like they didn't approve of my career and therefore they didn't watch it and didn't care about it or know about it. So that way, I wouldn't have to sit down at dinner this week and have everyone at the table know that I had an abortion. (laughs) And that's the pressure. That's the answer I was looking for, Alexis. The pressure is that every single person this year is going to know every detail of my life, know when the last time I had sex was, know that I had an (laughs) abortion in college, and know that like everything we've talked about on this podcast, they're going to bring up this exact conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. They're going to
0: play this conversation at the table.
1: They're so, going to be like, this you? <laughs> yeah, this you? That's tough. Yeah. They'll
0: ask about like, who's this guy you mentioned? Who's that guy? I don't know. That's that's going to be the saver this year.
1: That's a lot. I that's a lot. Yeah, to have them be super interested in your life. I think a blessing and a curse of my life is that my family has never understood anything I'm doing because I'm not just like getting married and having three kids by 23. They're like so confused. Right. So like, <laughs> right. I'm like I'm like, yeah, I'm actually gonna move out of Missouri. It's like why if you're not you going feel to the judged Army by that? Um, I don't know I kind of feel judged. I think people are proud of me, but I also just feel like no one really like like when I got into Northwestern nobody understood how big of a deal that was. When I got right. a job at Google, like nobody understood how big of a, it or got a job in general. like nobody understood how big of a deal that was. So I feel like I've never been celebrated at home for my accomplishments, which is why Mm -hmm. I think I chase accomplishment and numbers and like degrees and shit so that I can feel like it means something, even though like no one in my family like cares. Like they're just like, like they would rather I like get married and have a baby, I think, than go and do what I'm doing now. So I feel like it's just kind of, it's kind of annoying because I just don't feel like I get any validation at home. And, like, when they right. tell me they're proud of me, I'm like, I don't really believe you because you're not acting like it. So you don't it's understand.
2: weird.
1: They, like, right. don't get it. Like, it's, like, a blessing in that, like, I can I literally could do whatever I want and build whatever life I want and, like, no one can say anything. But it's also a curse because then it's like, look at all this cool stuff I did. And they're like, what does that even mean? You know? Right.
0: Right. It's crazy. Interesting.
1: But yeah. That'd they're funny. Interesting. Very interesting, yeah. But going home, the question I because uh, Jeff comes home now for Thanksgiving, right, right? And it's like, when are you guys getting married? And the answer is not anytime soon, and probably possibly never. So please stop asking.
0: Well, you'll certainly be a mystery for your family to discuss. I'm sure oh you're my a God. big discussion topic.
1: Oh, I'm a huge discussion because I'm the oldest grandchild, and me and my grandma had a falling out when she told me she. Loved Donald Trump. So, like, it's a big discussion <laughs> topic. Big one. Is she black? No, my grandma's is this white. This is my white oh, side. Oh, your side. white side. My white side. I don't, I don't see my black side for real. Like, we go over there for, like, 4th of July, and I'm never home for 4th of July. So, I don't see them right. too much. It's a huge conversation. My grandma, like, d- doesn't stop talking about me, I think. Well, so, you know.
0: Fan behavior.
1: Fan behavior. No. Like, maybe you could just – listen to your black children about their experiences, but she would prefer facebook.com.
0: Hot take. Hot take. No, thank God I don't have that problem. That That is something I'm so, so grateful for is that I don't yeah. disagree with anybody in my family. Um,
1: but but yeah. then you got all this pressure because they're just listening to you. My
0: mom knows everything. And of course, like I like – my parents should know a lot. Like it's not like I hide things from them purposefully, but – God damn, like do they – like it just sucks that like – it's like what we said at the beginning. A little mystery would be healthy for everybody. In
1: all aspects of our lives, we need a little mystery. So maybe we should just shut the fuck up.
0: (laughs) Maybe we should just shut the fuck up. Maybe we should just stop. I truly like – and I've gotten in big fights with my mom over this because it's hard for her to understand what I'm asking for because it's like on the one hand, my family's so supportive and they care so much. Would I rather them just like invalidate my career and not listen and not support me? On the other hand, I'd like – whenever they mention anything that I've said online, I get this visceral, angry reaction. Mm. It's like, my mom should not know this. It's not natural that she knows this. But at the same time, how great that she supports it. And she – not only that, but she thinks it's hysterical and she's extremely proud of it. Yeah. I just like – I really – maybe I'll implement a rule. Maybe they'll hear this before. I don't think they're going to hear this before we have Passover. I will implement a rule (laughs) – Where we don't bring up my TikTok at dinner. I just like don't I tried to implement a rule where we literally don't talk about my TikTok, period. I don't want to talk about it. I spend all day doing this shit talking about my life. I would like for there to be some sort of but then on the other hand, like what do we talk about then? No, that's a
1: reasonable, yeah. No, it's a reasonable thing to like ask that your privacy be respected. But at the same time, like, they're, they're just mm, but excited. But not when the entire
0: – not when I don't have any privacy and the entire world knows yeah. and is allowed to discuss what I'm doing and they're not. Like, it's not so fair now me it, to ask them
1: for that. So now it sounds like you need to think of some really fun conversation topics that are not your TikTok for your black Jew-Asian dinner.
0: You know what I don't like? People people being nostalgic for the main quarantine.
1: That was a horrific time. Horrific. The cortisol levels in this country were out of control.
0: People were like, oh, I miss that. Hear this song and it takes me back to March 2020. Bitch, why are you nostalgic for March 2020? Oh, I miss making whipped coffee and watching Tiger King and sitting in my house. Fuck you. What? What? Can we please talk about that? <laughs> Holy shit. Are you reading this? Our producer Are you reading this? just <laughs> stopped us in the middle of this recording to tell us that while we were talking, Britney Spears announced that she is expecting.
1: Like, oh. I'm reading this, I really can't, like, imagine <laughs> announcing your pregnancy announcement with, I lost so much weight to go on my trip only to gain it back. Like, honestly, I get it. <laughs> Is that it. what she said? Yes, that's what she said. Then she said, I thought, jeez, what happened to my stomach? She said, no, you're food pregnant. So I got a pregnancy test and, uh, I'm having a baby. What? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god.
0: god. okay. Do you want to discuss Brittany?
1: I mean, yeah.
0: Look, I'm thrilled that she is free. Um, I'm thrilled that she has sole control over her life and her finances. I think that she is a grown woman who's ready for that. And she's been manipulated by terrible people. You know the whole deal. I don't like. I'm I'm not one to say whether somebody is sane enough to have. I think that she's perfectly fine to have a baby. Okay. Yeah. But like, I watch her videos and I read these captions, and I I still am like, okay, but she's not completely normal. And I feel like people talk about her as though she's a completely normal person, and that this whole deal, her years in the spotlight and her years being abused by her family, in this business and the and the media as well, they act as though it had no effect on her mental health, and that she is a completely well person and yeah. I don't know if that's the case I'm not saying that she's not fit for motherhood she clearly is she already has kids but like people talk about her like she's like a completely normal person and she's not
1: she it's like a dip, maybe it's just not normal to us it's like a different personality like it's, it's definitely not where like I guess when we think about pop stars they have different personalities. They act weird. They do weird shit. But they also right. have like a certain level of like, I don't know if they've been beaten down by the media. So they're right. a little like stressed. Like Doja Cat comes to mind, even though she's a fucking weirdo, mm. you know? Like love her. Fuck like most, most excited to see her at Coachella, but fucking weirdo. And Brittany mm-hmm. is like, I think she's just been beaten down so much that like she has to stay delusional to be happy. And, yeah, like, she's
0: just—that's a good word for it. She may be a bit delusional. Have you seen these videos of her yeah. like spinning
1: a thousand I think times? The, I think like if it was anyone but her, if it was literally anyone but her, people would be making fun of her. Like, right? Like, I absolutely and but I understand why we don't, and I don't make fun of Britney Spears at all. I just respect her. Like, that's it.
0: I have only respect for her. I'm exactly. just. I think it's very interesting how the public – we talk about her as yeah. though like she is a completely normal person and everything that she posts is completely normal. She's posting full-on nudes on the beach. Exactly. If anybody else were doing that, she'd be getting a little bit of heat, which I don't think is fair either for a woman to be getting heat. She can do no. whatever she wants. But
1: I like – I just I – just, two, exactly. yeah. two things can be true. Exactly. Two things can be true. Oh, my God. I can't even. It's like true. Wow. She's really pregnant. Good for her Good. though. Did you see I the goal. wedding this weekend of Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham? Yeah, and I don't really give a fuck. I didn't think I cared, but then I found out she's like a billionaire. Who knew? I mm-hmm. thought she was just pretty. <laughs> yeah. I you mean, know. I love rich people drama. So then I had to go on there Wikipedia. You know, keep going. You know how I am. That's Is how there I am. any like bad tea? No. I, uh. Yeah. She, her dad's friends with Donald Trump, but all billionaires oh. are. So, but okay. I Whatever. think it's fine because Venus and Serena were at the wedding, so I think it equal. Okay. That, good
0: know? for them.
1: Good for them. Good for them. So good for them. I mean, everybody's in happy. Florida these days, so crazy. What's the
0: deal? This was the year of Florida for sure. I
1: mean, Florida's popping off. Yeah, completely. It's annoying. Uh, The engaged people? Um, JLo and Ben.
0: (sighs) Oh, God. Look, uh, people are forgetting that they had a highly toxic relationship when they were engaged the first time. They were not like a perfect couple, torn apart, by time and then they found each other again and it's a miracle like they were never a good couple
1: like let's not forget that like he blamed his ex-wife also named jennifer for his alcoholism like he, this is not a man who we enjoy being around but like j-lo just like doesn't have a good picker
0: well he, no, neither does he like they both are they don't i don't know they don't. how many times has he been married like twice three times
1: Multiple, and then the nanny's also been married like five times, I think. Yeah, this is her like sixth engagement or something. Good for her. You know, I mean, good good for for her. That shows she got it. However, I feel like they both. I don't. I just don't get it because wasn't she? She was just engaged to a Rod. Like my thing is, I having been with my boyfriend for five years, I don't really know how you get engaged to someone after like six months. Like mentally, I don't know. I don't get how
0: people develop. A relationship where they can say, like, oh, I think this person is the one, this person is my soulmate, like so frequently. Like, what? I it takes me so long just to be able to say about a person, like, oh, I could be with this person for in a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. Like to to say, like, this might be the one that I have kids with. This might be the one that I settle with. How do so many people do that multiple times in their life? I feel like that comes along twice maybe for a normal person.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really exactly like so there's a difference between could and like want to like just because you like there's plenty of people that I'm like yeah I could have a great life with that person because like logistically oh, it would way. make sense. No it's like okay oh this is another like cool interesting man like I don't really feel like I just because you could get married to a basketball player doesn't mean you should.
0: <laughs> when I say I could marry somebody there are so many factors at play that lead me to believe that I could spend multiple years with them. Like I know. And, and truly feel like it enhances my life. And for somebody to say that multiple times is so weird to me.
1: That's why I feel like those people are conflating the like possibility with the reality.
0: Right. I think they just – it's the same like people who like love bomb. Like they get infatuated exactly.
1: really quickly.
0: I think that's what J-Lo does. I don't know. They get really infatuated.
1: I need to look at her chart.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's just everyone I know who's like this. Like, it's just so weird to me. It's you're the problem for sure. Like, how, I don't know, how can you find so many people in your life that you feel fit you so perfectly and then destroy them so quickly? It has to be you. And I think that's what J-Lo is.
1: Absolutely, like in my relationship, like we, like life changes like every four minutes, you know, and like then the whole p- trajectory of the life you imagine together changes too, and you have to be able to move and change things up. So you can't just get a divorce every time, like life changes, you know. That's like not what marriage right. is, and that's what people think it is, and it's so weird. But no, right. I'm, I'm not into it. Like, okay, like, and everyone's obsessed with it. Like they probably just are promoting something that we don't know about. Promote, oh, like the yeah. Well, every, did, everything is fucking PR. Like everything is PR. Everything is PR.
0: They did announce their engagement right in front. Like they went out together as an engaged couple for the first time right in front of a banner for her movie, which is aptly named
1: "Marry Me." Marry Me. So,
0: <laughs> I think this is all just a really big stunt. I, I think agree. they probably like have sex and enjoy each other's company, but I think they're they're probably not going to make it down the aisle.
1: I genuinely think J Lo is too hot for him. Is that a hot take?
0: No, she's she's too hot for everybody, considering like mm-hmm. somebody for somebody to have that body at her age, and she's not that old, but I'm saying like she yeah. looks like she's
1: 15. Like she's
0: <laughs> gorgeous, and she is in such this amazing shape. Like she's too hot for everybody. She's impossible. But mm-hmm. he's hot too. Like I think that it's not a matter of like they won't make it down the aisle because she's too good for him. It's No, that they're just toxic. they both just like They're obsessed with finding new soulmates. They're obsessed with, like, being infatuated for a couple of months and then they move on.
1: And it couldn't be me, so. It could not be me. I don't know. Okay, so basically everyone's annoying, including our families and including everyone who's on social media and a celebrity.
0: And everyone who's in love. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm Excited so Excited for you to be single I'm- again in, what, six months? <laughs> six months? Never that.
1: Never that. No, we're not- it's
0: not going to take that long.
1: <laughs> I can't even.
0: Have fun at Coachella.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, next week is going to be an episode. That's for sure because I'll have a whole Coachella recap for you. We'll have a whole Passover recap for you. And oh my God. it's going to be a time. Like, you're not even ready. Oh, we're going to do it in person, aren't we, in L.A.? Yeah. Let's get together. Exactly. So tune in for us live from LA next week. Yay. Can't wait. LA. Where can everyone find you? Talia Lixine
0: on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. My tweets have been fire this week.
1: I haven't seen your tweets. I got to go search. Can I read
0: you a tweet that I think deserved way more attention than it got? You may. This tweet was so funny. I need to – if I do stand-up, like this would be a really – I think this would translate a lot better. When are you starting
1: your stand-up life? Because like we're ready. That's a
0: really great question as soon as I stop being a pussy. But (laughs) I said, it's so cute and trendy now to be into Jewish guys. Back in my day, I was a freak for masturbating to Spangler from the Ghostbusters. I suffered for your right to like Schmidt from New Girl.
1: (laughs) I'm not laughing because I don't know if I'm allowed to. And you are. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't. I've never do seen fucking. Goose, Go- I've never seen fucking Ghostbusters. You, I don't you know don't anything know who about is. that. Look
0: up Spangler no. from the Ghostbusters and tell me he's not perfectly my type.
1: Ghostbusters Spangler, like the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, Spangler. Spangler. Oh, okay. We love a glasses king.
0: Admit that's my type.
1: Yeah, it actually is. I was is. obsessed
0: with this guy when I was younger, and I got bullied for it. Now no, you guys y'all into your Andy Sambergs and your Schmidt from New Girl, and nobody gives you any shit about it.
1: You know who I actually really like, yeah. have a crush on Adam Driver.
0: <laughs> that man. <laughs> Let's end I it right know.
1: there. I know <laughs> you can now excuse yourself. Yeah, you man. Leave the room. That's a man. Anyway, all right, I'm we're done for today. Up. Please follow Goodbye. us everywhere XOXO bye
0: Bad Vibes is a Betches media production the podcast is produced and edited by Sean Kilby guest booking by Ali Friedlander be sure to leave us a voicemail at 212-287-5244 or send your emails to badvibes at betches.com <laughs>
2: Betches.